How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 105.3 FM HD 2. This is Tom Fitzmorris with the second course of The Food Show. It's one we've been working on for coming up on 40 years. And here we are, and we'd love to have you join us. It's very simple. You like to eat? Come on over here. Eat with me. We also talk about drinks and wine and cocktails and everything else. And climbing upon me right now is uh, Satsuma. Wait a minute. No, that's not Satsuma. That's uh, Valencia. Valencia, my cat. My cat, Valencia, somehow or another got in our studio here. Uh-huh. <coughs> and... Uh, but it's perfect that he should be. Oh, oh, I'll bet you. I'll bet you he landed on his tail. Ah, uh, probably so. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, buddy. I'm uh, sorry. He's pretty tough. He's he stands up for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he is uh, Valencia. So we, it's it's a strange okay. moment that uh, we should have him come in. Been a busy busy break time. Have to yeah, say. well, you know, you know, breaks and breaks, and you know, sometimes you have time. to use the clutch, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so where were we? I don't know. It was a lot of fun, though, wherever it was. I'm guessing nowhere. No? Yeah, usually, yeah. Well, we can try anything. All right, so let's see. We did the, um, oh, chili powder. Chili powder. Hmm, what you got on that? Chili powder is your edible dictionary. Oh? Yeah. What is the difference in chili powder and, Ah. say, paprika or harissa? You can stop right there, just grind it all up into a very fine, puffy kind of uh, quality, and that's it. It's chili peppers. Chili peppers. But that's the same sort of thing as... as, As paprika, right? Uh, yeah, except it's it's a different spice, a different kind directly. Uh, paprika or paprika, as you wish. It is uh, one one kind of pepper that is reduced down or grind uh, or is ground down uh, at about well two different de- uh, degrees of <laughs> fineness. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's it. It says it's almost that, identical to paprika. It, exactly. Yeah. Except it's how, how did you grow uh, It's ground dried it chili and, peppers. Yeah. <clears throat> usually on the mild side, but sometimes yep. noticeably hot. Yes. There is no standard for the flavor. No. <clears throat> Ingredients other than chili figure into some chili powder blends. 
although those made with pure capsicum anum peppers are the most common. Mm-hmm. In some chili powders, the methods of drying the peppers give a dark brown color and a smoky flavor. Some use a good deal of cayenne pepper in the mix. These can be very hot indeed. Chili powder is almost identical to paprika, including the wide range of possible flavors. Taste chili powder before you use it. You love chili powder, don't you? I do, yeah. There's certain things that goes well, very well with and uh, paprika. Which uh, doesn't have much of a reputation because it, it, in most cases, is pretty bland. But lately, that's not been the case. I've been knowing it getting is, spicier is and spicier and spicier. Is like um, cinnamon yeah. or saffron, which is a spice that we have in America, Yeah. which if you got it where it grew or was processed you would notice a completely different thing because the one that we have, the version that we have like cinnamon, the cinnamon that we have is not supposed to be real cinnamon, is it? It's supposed to be like some kind of... Oh, well, yeah, that's true of a lot of things. That's what I'm saying. One is saffron. There's fake saffron and real saffron. There's fake cinnamon and real Mm -hmm. cinnamon. That's right. Is there fake paprika and real paprika? Oh yeah, yeah. There's you can get a paprika that is is completely bland, and you uh, can also get one that's quite spicy. But the interesting thing is that both of them are bell peppers. They are made from bell peppers, and they are exactly the same, except uh, the bell peppers are different though, because the ones where you, the ones, paprika is Hungarian. And the peppers there are a much longer and different look red pepper than the ones you see on the shelves at Rouse's. Well, you can hold to that, and you might even be able to get away with putting it across as correct. (laughs) But in my uh, experience, it's you wind up using a lot more of it, and you grind it down more, and it winds up being a spicier, a hotter. Uh, pepper, but you know this is something you can play with as you're cooking. So it's not a big. Uh, no. So if you were to taste chili powder, yeah, on your mm. finger, uh huh, and paprika right next to each other, would there be a noticeable taste? Uh, probably so. It wouldn't be a, a much of one. I might want to try it. I might try yeah. it at the next break. Go yeah, and sure. Get those why not? Two things and bring them you in know, here to try them. No sense in. Uh, just I, laying it sit there. I don't know. I uh, I think that you like chili. What's the chili sauce that you use instead of chili? Like, you use chili sauce like a lot of people use ketchup. You, yeah, I don't. Uh, that's a. Um, you don't like ketchup at all, but chili sauce you like. Now, what's the difference and why do you make well, that distinction? The funny thing is that the, the one that's uh, chili sauce is that it's it's. It, lo- it does look a lot like ketchup, by the way. Uh-huh. It um, it doesn't it isn't really sp- it doesn't, uh, spicy. It doesn't taste like ketchup though. No, ketchup is sweet. Yeah, well, this is even sweeter. Chili it's, sauce? Yeah. No. Whenever no. I've read the label, it winds out that it's it's a bigger ingredient. No. Okay. <laughs> I will accept that. I guess and, we'll. I guess while I'm in the kitchen, I'll go get some chili sauce and some ketchup too because. That's definitely not the case. 
2606368 is the number. You're listening mm-hmm. to WWL 105.3 FM <laughs> HD2. We are talking about food. And rather keep going. I'll just banally. How's the word? How's that? Banally? No, banally. Banally. So it's banal? Yeah. Okay. Banali. That which is banalist. Yes. I have to say that that's uh, <coughs> going that's, over the That's edge. what I would say yeah. about the show so far today. Help us out, folks. Yeah, well, I don't know. I've been pleased with the out, outcome so far. You We're have? just rolling right along. Yeah. I, uh, we since, didn't even do much eating this weekend. We just did those two, no? those two meals. Yeah, I'm pretty well sticking to my, my yeah. uh, adamant I'm not eating out as much. Oh, well, because congratulations. I don't, I don't want to. Anyway, but are you, you trying have, to lose some weight or something? I'm, I'm trying to just. How much do you weigh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do a flush, a flush, a flush. Yes, where you where you flush out all of your toxins. Oh. <clears throat> I don't usually eat too many toxins, so I don't, I don't have that problem. Yeah, you don't really eat um, anything, Tom. Tom's yeah, been having a massive breakfast, though. So you. Do you know when the I, story behind the uh, the morning <laughs> breakfast every day? When I see yeah. Mary Lee in the kitchen making you a breakfast, yeah. uh-huh. I am impressed at how impressive it is. I mean, it's she she cuts tomatoes, she cuts spinach, cheese, ham, and it's all laid out on this long cutting board, and it's beautiful. And then she whips up three eggs for you and lays it all very carefully in the pan. And those are beautiful omelets. Those are way better than the ones I used to just dump in. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, really great to have your your uh, your daughter coming in there and doing things like that. Yes, it is. Well, and with care, and uh, and I look forward to it every day. Well, she's good. She's she is good. good. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yes, she is. She is. But um, the the omelets that I used to make for you were, um, well, I'm just not that meticulous as she no. is. No, I'm not nearly as meticulous as she is. I uh, I was just getting it done, you know. But I'm really impressed, Tom, that you're eating three egg omelets because I used to try to force you to eat even two egg omelets. So now that you're eating these massive omelets. Maybe you'll gain some weight. Everybody keeps telling me, uh, hey, what's with you losing all that weight? I haven't lost any weight. It's, I've, it's, I've, I've lost 80 pounds as well. Yes, is all. Yeah. I, uh, I was telling her this morning as she was trying to decide how much of a knob of butter to put in the pan that she. <laughs> Here's that knob yeah, of butter that, again. That she shouldn't really concern herself with that too much because it's wonderful to cook for someone that you don't have to worry about them eating all that stuff. Just. Throw it in the pan. You need the calories. Back to what Ron was saying about deglazing the pan. That's another thing that I do without any sort of rhyme or reason. If the pan is on hot, as it always is, it's always on 10 when I cook. So that means that whatever it is, is going to develop a crust. And the crust and the pan needs to be cleaned. So I will always automatically deglaze the pan. But he was talking about the things that you deglaze a pan with. And I have been keeping on the counter a, um, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say this. We had these New Orleans Connection 
people who have a winery in California, and it's called Flambeau Winery, and they're delightful mm. people. And they brought us a couple of their very classy-looking wines and delicious wines. You could tell by looking at the bottles that these wines were a cut above. And so the wine itself is actually excellent. <clears throat> so To be actually excellent is really something. Coming from me, especially. So, Because yeah. um, I'm not much of a wine or any kind of drinker. So, no? So I... Uh, didn't want to throw this we had the tasting in the studio and i i just didn't want to throw this wine away because it was that good so i kept it and that is our official deglazing the pan liquid the flambeau red wine from napa mhm well you and can't I think that get you too don't many really to need too... to go through all that trouble to deglaze a pan i think if you just pour the wine in it and just simmer it at low the the particles that you're trying to get off the bottom of the pan will automatically lift off with the, the moisture from whatever the deglazing well, liquid is. I'm trying to keep them from burning. That's that's the, the big issue. Well, if you turn it down to like a simmer, then it's not going to burn. And once you put the liquid in, it doesn't burn anyway. So. If you're lucky and if you're careful. Right. Well, if I if I'm not burning it, nobody's burning it. Because no. that's just the way I cook. Ah. But I do always like to deglaze things. And I've become really, really interested in using wine for cooking in ways that I previously have not bothered with. And I think that his method of deglazing a pan is very complicated. And it sounds really delicious. Yeah, and it, it works for you me. Know, it just goes to show you, this woman that we had on the other day, <clears throat> she... Um, she wrote this book. It's a beautiful book, and it is it is obviously complicated, but not meant to look complicated. And the the book has a lot of of what are you looking at, Tom? Uh, the cat has returned. <laughs> yeah, well, you're looking at him like there's something weird, and I was thinking I broke his tail or something. Well, I was looking to see. <clears throat> anyway, um. I can't tell. The she inspired me to be a little more complicated in my cooking and I I sort of have been leaning in that direction anyway by deglazing pans instead of my usual way with water with a wine or some other deglazing liquid. So now currently we have like two bottles of wine just sitting on the counter as official deglazing the pan liquids and I think that's definitely uh, a something to do. And I, okay. I usually, I usually, if I don't bother to deglaze a pan, I will still deglaze a pan by putting water in it and letting it loosen up before I even try to clean it. But why clean it and pour it all down the sink when you could take whatever it is that's on the bottom of the pan and then put it into what you're eating? A much better thing. Two six zero six three six eight is the number. You're listening to WWL one hundred five point three FM HD two. Hi there, welcome back. You have uh, managed to stumble onto the food show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. That's all I ever do. My whole life, all I do is talk about food and restaurants and cooking and wine and all that. And I do feel proud of it. But uh, I would like to share it with you and you with me. And I'm just waiting for you to give us a call. Our number is 260-6368. 260-6368. Sit down or call me up. 
or talk to me, and we'll talk to you as long as you want about anything you want to know about food, about restaurants, cooking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's keep on moving here. I do believe that we have uh, Greg around here somewhere. Greg, you here? I'm here. Greg? Well, here we are. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> you may roll. <clears throat> Thank you. It's, How is everybody doing? Everybody appears to be doing very well. However, we've uh, had a couple of people on uh, on the staff of Rooney um, uh, who are concerned about, although I don't think they have. You <laughs> what know did you have in mind, Greg? Hey, Marianne. Uh, we, we, I brought up last week, we talked about cuckoos, remember? <clears throat> yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Did we figure anything out and other? They, well, they did. <laughs> so they had multiple locations. You're correct in New Orleans, but they did go out of state. I remember seeing one in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Mm, okay. And yeah, so, I, I remember I remember another one being way down on the bayou. Uh, now that you mentioned that one, I think Morgan City maybe, or like towards Homa. Uh, maybe I, I, I think, think you're right. There yeah. were a lot of them, which is why I was surprised that they dwindled down to nothing. Now it was the Lyusa yeah. family, right? And right. I think that they just sold all of their restaurant holdings and went into real estate on the North Shore. Yeah. Well, smart, smart move, I guess. But they, uh, you talk about, I mean, in retrospect, I mean, nowadays that would be a, I mean, anytime you have over ten restaurants, that's to me that's yeah. very, you know, that's that's a mini chain. I mean, that's really good. Yeah, so, it's, it's not a mini chain; it's a chain. Yeah. Well, it's a chain. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. No, well, that's all. It I, was good too. That's the sad part. Yeah, no, it was, it was really good. And now, before I let you guys go, you mentioned Chichi. And yes. they still, if you go to Winn-Dixie or Rouse's or anywhere, they still sell their pre-made margarita mix and, uh, you know, like their salsa and stuff like that from the restaurants. And it oh, says they the do. name on their huh. Yeah. That's <laughs> another one that had gobs and gobs of locations and then all of a sudden Yeah, gone it's a big deal day. for a while. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have for today. Thank I don't you know if it's if it's mismanagement or if it's a if it's a conscious decision to just you know stop or what, but um, that happens well, I think more often. What? And you know what, Marianne? Too that you're right. I think mismanagement has a big part, and also lease operations with real estate. Look at yes. Houston's on Houston's on veterans. I mean, you couldn't find a parking spot for how many years, and they. You know, something happened with the lease. So, yeah, I think real estate. Yeah, plays you know a big what? I'll, I'll... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I think real estate. You know, Tom and I spoke about this a couple mm-hmm. years ago when they had that closure. That sometimes your leases, like you know, I mean, when you, the rent goes up or whatever, or something maybe changed, some stipulations in the yeah. lease, and that 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 could definitely stop a good thing. Okay, now I am looking at Chi Chi's. Chi-Chi's yeah, uh, I'm works around at, here, I'm too. I'm looking at Chi-Chi's, and it's, uh, they're still around, not the restaurant. It's Mexican restaurant chain operating. Um, <clears throat> Chi-Chi's is a Mexican restaurant chain operating in Belgium, Luxembourg, huh. Huh. Austria, oh. the UAE, <laughs> and Kuwait. Wow. By huh. Tumbleweed, Inc. Huh. The chain... Tumbleweed. Also once operated in the United States and Canada, but exited those countries in 2004. Currently, Chi-Chi's is also a brand of Mexican-themed grocery foods with yeah. an emphasis on salsa. <clears throat> yeah. 
So since 1975, but they, I'm sorry, what? No, no, I I said when Dixie or Rouse's, but maybe like other stores too. If you you look in this salsa aisle, you will see something from Chi-Chi's. Well, you know, they do have Mexican restaurants or one Mexican restaurant in the United States. It's an upscale chain and it's called Don Pablo's. And you don't see them oh, okay. here. There, you you're familiar with it. Are you familiar with it? I am. I think they're in like Atlanta, maybe in Georgia. Mid Atlantic. They're Mid Atlantic. Don Pablo. Seven yeah, in yeah, the DC yeah. area. Also, Steak and Ale. Oh, okay. And Red Barn. I don't know that one. Lums looks like a cafeteria. <clears throat> right. And Sambo's, Kukuru. Huh. And Beefsteak Charlie's. Do you remember them? Beef I, don't. Sta- I I remember that uh, these were all chains Beef at one Charlie's, level or another. Yeah. But that and that was one of them. And then there were two uh, restaurants that originally came out on Bienville Street, uh, uh, Iberville Street rather, uh, uh, just off of Jefferson Davis Parkway. Now, according to this, Chi-Chi's was bankrupt in the United States. I wonder if they're oh, still operating over. Maybe, maybe it's not overseas. the same thing at all. <clears throat> That's no, it's the definitely, first thing. It's definitely the logo. What? That's interesting. Yeah. Bankrupt. Wow. Yeah, these smartphones—they'll tell you tell you everything. Huh. Doug, are you on this too? What did Doug dig up? No. <laughs> okay. All right, Greg. That means you have to go. We have another caller. Talk to you later. Thank you. All right. Who's the other caller? Mike. 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 Hello. 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 Welcome. Oh, what a day, huh? What a day. What a day. (laughs) What a day? What does that mean, Mike? After what the markets did did today, it's going to be a triple scotch night. I'm going to tell you what. Uh, I was talking to a doctor friend of mine today, and he said, "You know, I'm really kind of disappointed in the Mex in the uh, not Mexican, in the doctor community, the medical community, for not pushing back on some of this craziness." You know, well, he that said was only, that was only that was only partially responsible. They got a uh, a war going on between the Saudis and the Russians as far as oil production and oil prices. Yeah, but this was tumbling long before that happened. That happened today. Yeah. Yeah, and this has been going on for a couple it, of weeks. Know? Yeah. Well, anyway, i got a couple of things. First off, you need to uh, refrigerate your deglazing wines. Oh, okay. Because if you don't, what's going to happen within a matter of days, they're going to oxidize, and it's going to have a nasty taste to it. Okay. And Unless you like oxidize. those uh, kinds of things. They will oxidize in the refrigerator, but you'll get a little bit more longevity out of them in a the refrigerator. Okay, thank you. Uh, the other thing is, y'all were talking about the warehouse district and the uh, the genesis of the whole thing. And am I correct that Elmo was really one of the first people to open a restaurant in a warehouse district? Uh, no, he had. They beat him to it for the this most part. This was 1990. Emeralds opened yeah. in 1990, and the World's Fair was in 1984. So there was a six-year well, span. I'm, I'm there, trying to so. I'm trying to think of who may have preceded him with a major restaurant in a warehouse district, though. Oh, yeah, I don't. I, it, it wasn't him. I don't think so. Anyway, 
What about Tommy? Uh, I'm trying to think of yeah, any Tommy examples of that, but I can't think up of anything. I, I, I think that just came along at that right time. Well, it might have been one well, of the first ones because, you know, hmm. to take the warehouse district from what it was to what it is now probably took a couple of years. And if the World's Fair closed in 1984, then, you know, he opened in 1990. Yeah, I think it was 92, actually, if I'm not mistaken, but close enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, you know, I, I, sometimes you don't remember things accurately, but I just thought that it, his his mm-hmm. taking that chance in that area of town really just kind of lit the fuse for everybody to come behind it, you know. But I could be wrong about that. Well, it's definitely uh, a wonderful thing what's happened to that area, that's for sure. Yeah, the real estate values are really good. Uh, yeah. One final thing. Did I hear you all say you went to Pardo's last week? No. Pardo's. Uh, we went to Forks and Corks about two weeks ago. Okay. All right. Because I heard you talking about Forks and Corks, and I heard, I heard you talking about what's going on with Vasquez and how he's redoing the menus and everything. And my only – I haven't been to any of the restaurants since he's done what he's done. Okay, so I don't mm-hmm. really have any criticism of what he's done. But just in the most general terms, I'm not particularly attracted to the idea of a guy going in and making restaurant food healthy. That's not really what I'm looking for <laughs> at a restaurant. <laughs> you know? Well, you'll have to take that up with Osmond because um, because I I don't know. I don't think that food, deliciousness and health are mutually exclusive. I don't think they have to be. But I don't want to sex sacrifice deliciousness for the sake of being healthy. I guess that's what my point is. Well, I can pretty much assure you that Osmond Rodas is not going to let that happen. Yeah, you're probably not, right. I mean, he's, yeah. What What is he not going to allow? Uh, he's not going to allow the... Um, he's not going to allow the mics of the world, his huh. customer base, to feel that they are being shortchanged in flavor by healthiness. He is not going to allow that. So I you don't – I, I hmm? go ahead, bud. I, no, I was going to say I came up thinking that in order for a gumbo to be a gumbo, it had to have a roux. If it didn't have a roux, it was a soup, but it wasn't a gumbo. And this gumbo that you were describing that you had at Forks and Corks, I just don't know how he got it that thick with just using – it was overly thick, actually. It was overly yeah. thick and not really appealing looking at all. Ooh, you should have seen the stuff they were giving us at the uh, Sinesta a couple of weeks ago. The, that was that annual fundraiser for them. And uh, I was judging it along with a, a bunch of other people. And we had this problem back and forth and up and down. Well, those all looked yeah. like gumbos, and they were all gumbos, gumbo and none of them were or a lack of gumbo. Even that was another remotely thing as thick as this. <clears throat> yeah, not even remotely I mean, as thick. Well, it it's always been good, said though. that everybody makes their gumbo differently, and you know, I, I think that's yeah. probably true. It's, it's just a oh, very yeah. personalized yeah. thing. But very I true. just can't imagine making a gumbo without a roux. I guess is what I'm getting. To. <laughs> well, I am. I am curious about the whole. I am curious about the pairing of those two individuals. Um, and I don't know how you felt about Marvin. Did you like Marvin? 
Uh, I did. Yeah, I did like his food at the original Pardo's. I thought he was pretty good over there. I thought he yeah. was one of the great talents. I loved Marvin's food. And that yeah, was and a I, great to tell, loss. <clears throat> um, to tell you the truth, I thought I think the food at now I haven't been to Pepe, Pepe's in a while. But we really enjoyed the food at Pepe's from the day it opened. I mean, I really don't know what needed to be changed over there as far as tweaking the menu because I, I thought the food was really good. There's not very many uh, people maybe, in Pepe's anytime you go, so I think that's what needed yeah, to be changed. You know, probably they so. needed more more people in there. They needed to attract more people. It looks like they're coming along really well with the gastro pub on Boston. We were at really Del Porto the other night. Yes, yeah. me too. Had, and, had uh, a good meal said, at Del Porto. I'm sorry, what? Did you have a good meal at Del Porto? There is no other kind. Yeah. In my opinion. It's first class. It's first class. Yeah. There is no other kind of meal to be had at Del Porto. Agreed. Other than killer, you know. That makes me think that the gastro pub will be nothing but good, you know. Oh, they, I they can't wait. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, something else from the likes of Del Porto, sign right. me up, you know. So, okay. Well, anyway. here's an update in the stock market tomorrow. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Well, let's see. Goodbye. Where are we? My daughter begged me. What time is it? Begged this me. Is... Oh, yeah, we have to take a break. 260-6368 is the number. We'll be right back. Hi there. Hi, it's Tom Fitzmorris, and uh, here we are with the food show and uh, heading right along, and still with us for the last uh, few minutes. Oh, as... Gregory. Oh, Gregory. Gregory. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Gregory, <laughs> step yeah. right up. Hello. And come, come on in. Can you hear me? Can hear you perfectly. Come on in. Hello, hello, hello. I, no, I don't mind holding. I'm, you know, I'm up, <laughs> I'm up on top of the Eiffel Tower deglazing my pans right now. So, uh, huh? <laughs> it went right He's over just doing Tom's a synopsis like of the show, which has been all over the place. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like when the shows go this way. Um, yeah. Um, you know what? When I was still in the Navy in '84 when the World Fair was going on, and I was very fortunate to—I um, had only been in the Navy like a year and a half, maybe two years by that time. Anyway, I had the whole month of July because I had worked it out. I got my 30 days leave, and I spent it down there. And I couldn't believe the transformation my city did in a couple of years I was away. Right? And if—and if I recall, the first really Uber restaurant in the warehouse district, and uh, was actually inside of a hotel, and it had to be the grill room at the Windsor, because that was just terrific, and it had well over a 30-year run. It's probably one of the best bistros in America, if you recall. Yeah, I would think that that's, that's a good point. That's a very good point. Totally, totally um, was ahead of everybody else that subsequently moved into the warehouse. Oh, yeah. Of course, they had to wait for the fair to end, you know, for yeah. all that real estate to become available. Yeah. But uh, very, very fond memories of the summer of 84 and uh, just how, how much that whole area. And I knew it as a kid because my father worked in the CBD, and we'd often have to go that way, you know, through that old part of the warehouse district, especially around Julia and camp. Talk about Skid Row. I'm telling it really, you, it was, <laughs> it was rotten. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, Unbelievably yeah, I, rotten. I don't think... <laughs> I don't think I've told anybody to this ever, but it's not all that interesting anyway. But I was sure doing it is, a, if you say it. <laughs> it was the uh, some a couple of the organizations that were pu pulling the whole festival together. Uh, they uh, w were approaching me to do something about food after they are finished, and they were going to have this permanent 
a permanent kind of. Uh, yeah, uh, well, and, well, that was the plan all and, along, wasn't it? The revitalization yeah. and and I bicycled. I bicycled around the thing for like weeks, and until <laughs> I told them this is going nowhere fast, and wow. it never did, and th- and then it all of a sudden then it hit, and that's when it really uh-huh. got good. That, no, that's one of those things where you like being proved wrong huh? <laughs> about something. Yeah, I as guess far so. As the city's so, concerned. <laughs> So, yeah. Gregory, do you remember yeah. the Italian restaurant I'm trying to think of that was, if my memory serves me correctly, on Peter's Street? <clears throat> yeah, um, it was it was really a beautiful little restaurant. It had one name, and uh, briefly they were in the Riverwalk, and then they went to that place. I, actually, I think they had two locations at the time. Hold on. It's at the tip yeah, of my Yeah, because it did, it did live on past... The uh, it, it lived on past the World's Fair, didn't World's it? World's Fair, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, they actually they they actually were doing so well. They had a place briefly in the Riverwalk. Now I wasn't living in New Orleans, but I would always visit. And I, you know, the first place I want to go is downtown. Whenever I'm you know in town, especially if I've been away for a while. But uh-huh. I I know the name of it. Golly, oh boy, oh boy. Does anyone remember the name of the Italian restaurant in the Italian section? Oh, it was of a the pretty World classy Fair. place too, especially the one on North Peters. I mean, on South Peters, rather. South Peters. It was charming, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, oh God. Um, anyway. And then it lived on past the World's Fair, and then it yeah, disappeared. Yeah, certainly did. Yeah, it it, it 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 was still in the warehouse district. I know up until by the time I got out of the Navy, and that would have had to have been the mid to late nineties. So it was. Oh really? It, yeah. Oh yeah, it, it was right there. Long? Yeah, it was. It wasn't far away from the Windsor Court. It was like cat a corner, a block up. You know? Yeah, it was like um, on the other side of the Windsor Court. I, I don't know if you recall. Okay, no, yeah, wait, it, wait a minute, wait. Are you talking about where the Pelican Club is now? No, no, no. The okay. Windsor Court no. in the warehouse. So you're talking district. about you're talking about heading down more into the warehouse district. Yeah, <laughs> into the warehouse district, going going towards the Pontchartrain Expressway. If you were going to get on okay. the bridge to go across the river, okay. yeah. That's where it was, and I boy, the name's on the tip of my tongue, and usually I'm pretty good at this stuff. Okay, well, think about it, because I definitely want to know it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, somebody we're not going to wait um, for I was, it. But... I was glad with um, uh, uh, so Greg said about using your wines. Yeah, use them a lot and deglaze a lot. I, use, I always keep a bottle of cognac, which never goes bad, and I always have a, a red or white that I'm drinking at that time, and if I don't use it all, you know, I put it in the fridge, even the reds. And then they didn't get a lot out of it because I love deglazing my pants. Oh, and also, back in 90, no, 2013, I was at the, at the Jules Verne restaurant. At, oh, at the you Tourie were? Cell, and that was pretty nice. That was pretty nice. I was, I was a guest, so I wasn't paying the tab. I was so. about to say, what was the ticket? Oh, golly, man. I, I Believe me, it was very expensive, and I and, – was for it good? good? Reason, I didn't even bother, you know, asking or even looking at the check. But anyway, I was with a couple of associates. This was Frederick Wildman and Sons. It's like everybody's in the wine business's dream to have an expenses-paid trip to go, you know, to go on a buying trip. Yeah. Oh, man, Frederick Wildman is probably the best importer of fine wines in the United States. They're out of New York City. So it, this was all their tab. And there was like 16 of us in, in the whole group. It was me, two other associates, and some other guys I knew from New York. And it was breathtaking. Probably one of the best meals I've ever had besides Louis the Sixteenth. And I can say that. And I've been all over the world, <laughs> you know. Oh, so, well. 
was it, it was okay. right up there. Well, I would love to right. know someone who did pay the bill at Jules Verne and tell me what it was. <laughs> I would I, now 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 of course I'm very curious to know how much that really was, but I'm sure it was quite expensive. Yeah. Anyway. I would say. All right, so thank that's you, all Gregory. I got today. Thanks for dropping in. All right, you guys Bye. love you. It's Let the too. food Bye. show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. Uh, what do we talk about here? We do food. Uh, what kind of food? All of it. And uh, you can make up your mind as you go along, or you can uh, just be with us. Our yeah. telephone number is 260-6368. 260-6368. Call right now. You'll get right in. And uh, whatever is on your mind is, is good enough for us, uh, unless you start getting stupid, in which case... That wouldn't have happened because we just, that never happened. No, you wouldn't so, even notice it here. No, you really couldn't. <clears throat> Two six zero six three six eight. So we just have another 15 minutes. This will be about the time that Stephen do, should do, call. Do, Although, Stephen should have called at 444, but he, he missed it again. Oh, I'm waiting for that. That's Stephen's <clears throat> designated time to call, but he, he hasn't. Hasn't been holding up his part of the bargain. So what are we uh, what are we getting this weekend in terms of eating? Uh, it's not even close a, to the weekend, Tom. So if you're isn't? already if it you're isn't? already thinking about what you're eating this weekend, that proves to me that you're still you're still doing your thing. I Boy, have no idea what we're eating I, this weekend, I, and I have no idea where that's going. <laughs> but uh, anyhow. All right, so today we were talking about uh, about it being National Oranges and Lemons Day. Yes. Nobody mentioned grapefruit. Ooh, I can't eat grapefruit. Well, I do, and I, well, I, I think, much prefer I think it. you should, but it's a medical thing. Yeah, I much not, prefer not much uh, one. grapefruit to, well, actually not lemon, too. I don't know what I'm going to do now because I'm not drinking tea as much as I was, so that means no? that I'll probably get scurvy. That's the only time I ever ever eat any kind of citrus anything is this iced tea yeah i've well, get I've hot kind, tea i've kind That'll of take cut care it, of it down no you're not supposed to drink it at huh? all if you're flushing you're not supposed to drink it either iced tea <clears throat> yeah hmm. it's caffeine gee okay so on this day in 1989 the food and drug administration allowed sushi chefs in new york city to import Fugu, fugu, is that how you say it? The puffer fish for the first time. Yeah, I remember that. Why anybody would even be marginally interested in that, I do not know. Because there are some people who like their thrill seekers, and Uh they like the idea of living on the edge. So if you're eating and you go a little bit over the edge eating fugu or whatever it was called, you could die because the puffer fish whose salient culinary characteristic is that its liver and some other organs are so deadly that eating them can paralyze or kill you. However, the rest of it is alleged to be the best sashimi there is. I've tried it and can tell you this is not true. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate fu- Go ahead, what? I was going <laughs> to say that that was my reaction to it as well. I took a very small piece of this, and I, it was one of a rare time when I'm going out on a limb like that. But the first thing I noticed was this tastes like nothing at all. P.S. I love you. <laughs> it, was, it was nothing. Uh-huh. And I never ate it again, and I live to uh, talk about it now. To, to rant about it. The ultimate fugu experience is supposed to be 
eating parts of the fish close to the liver, yep. feeling the anesthesia begin to set in, and then to feel it leave your body. Yep. And I feel sorry for someone that needs that experience. That's all I can say. Oh, well, they don't need to be us, and we don't need to be them. The practices of wrapping lemon halves in yellow gauze to keep the seeds in while you squeeze the lemon over your fish is one of those disappearing niceties of fancy restaurants that really made sense. But ipso facto, it's not a sign of excellence. Well, I'm sure that's true. There were a lot of places that were not very good restaurants that I'm sure had lemons like that. Although I haven't seen in a while. I'm trying to think of right now the last place I saw lemon wrapped in yellow gauze. I don't know if I've ever seen it. What what did that uh, indicate? Maybe the Windsor Court had it like that for their iced tea. They have a nice tea presentation. Mm-hmm. But maybe and it has it has uh, sushi in it. No, no, no. no this, that can't we're, be right. We've moved on to lemons, Tom. Ah, okay. All right, so I'm looking through your, I'm looking through, you know what, it's, uh, I was reading something from your almanac the other day, and I stopped reading it because I saw that Fergie of the Black Eyed Peas was on the list, but it was something about Courier and Ives, Courier. and I'd have to go back and look it up, but Courier and Ives, I'm trying to think of the song, the Christmas song. Oh, I can tell you that, that's one of my, one of my favorite songs. But I, I can't rem- remember the lyrics. Come on, it's from Cleveland before from my good luck. We'll play right together with you. Somehow the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Who? You know that's that. Um, uh, Johnny Mathis sang that on a commercial. Well, where was the the part that said it's like a like a calendar from Courier and Ives. I that's right. Yeah. To... yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's <coughs> it. Yeah. That's the song. <laughs> I'm going to work on it so we can give a little performance of oh it at the end. Oh, my goodness. My yeah. goodness. My goodness. We are silly. Yeah, well, why not? Be? Yeah. All right. So today, words to eat by. And every day when I've been good, I get an orange after food. Mm. Robert Louis Stevenson said that. That's good for him. So, Tom, you don't have to be good. You you get oranges all the time anyway. I do? Yeah. Has there ever been a day... When did you start your orange thing? Your your orange thing is what I call it with... I, I'm not sure. A... Uh, if you could, If I could write it, Tom's orange thing with an emoji behind it. I think, it's, uh, think I, I was living emoji. around City Park at that time. Uh-huh. But I don't remember. And that's when you started Very just drifting along you like s- the tumbling tumbleweeds. Yeah, and this was when you uh you started your orange project? I think so, but I'm not positive. I've been drinking orange juice every day for a uh, since I was uh, like 12. Okay, so I said, when did you start with this? Yeah. So it was 12. At the time saver. What made you de- ah, okay, I was about to say, what made you decide that yeah, orange I'd, juice every I'd day go to the time was an essential part of your day? I, I'd open the store at 7 in the morning. Uh-huh. I would reach into the walk-in cooler and get a half-size uh, orange juice and drink it at oh, the time saver. I see. Okay, and when did you decide that you started, that you needed to start squeezing it yourself? Squeezing it? Oh, 
because uh, the stuff that was in the bottle was just you know, no. But I mean, at what point? Like, how old were you when you made that decision? Like twelve, or you, know. you started squeezing your own orange juices at twelve. Yeah, something like that. I I started everything pretty young. <laughs> I'm not kidding, you know. I, I you know, I, folks, you probably think I went to get my first job, I uh, when I was 13 years old. Yeah. And I and I, I have been and I kept on going until 1972. I think. You know, Tom. Yes. I just want because people probably listen to this show and they think that. I could be nicer to you, but I just want to let everyone know I was such a good little wife when we first got married. You had all of your your old man habits that I was going to do like a good little wife, like I said I was going to iron yeah, all your shirts. Whatever happened to that? I've just and I was wondering. going to squeeze your juice. <laughs> and after a little while of that, I went boop this. <laughs> <laughs> You keep up your stuff all by yourself. I am not going to do this. But uh, but I did squeeze your juice for a little while anyway. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it was a nice uh, nice thing to I have. Thought it was a, I thought it was a silly habit. And yeah, well. uh, when it ended, I was really, really glad about that. But that wasn't until after I purchased for you that $100 juice squeezer. The one with the that you have to kind of hurt yourself from. It's it's the one that you see in restaurants. Yeah. And it's it, it's it's like just one swift push of the arm, and the juice is extracted. Yours was yeah. much more nuanced. It went on a little rotating thing. Hmm. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Anne is waiting for us. Anne, welcome to the food show. Hi, I know how you are addicted to Mr. Peeps. They now yes. have them in root beer flavor. They Mr. have them in wait, wait Mr. Who? Wait, I missed the like. I, I, I missed the first part of this. Say it over okay, again. I said I know how you are addicted to Mr. Peeps. Mr. Peeps. Oh, Peeps. Like Peeps. Oh, Peeps. Just regular Peeps. peeps. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I Is it called Mr. Peeps? I've never noticed that Mr. there was peeps, a Mr. Yeah. in front no, of it. No, that's why I was doing it to be facetious to Tom. Uh, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm having, having that spacious do, they off do have today. Them, they do have them in root beer flavor. Uh, yeah. They have them uh, in cotton the, the candy one I, flavor. The one I like is the garlic sardine. That's the one that really has. I know. Yeah. What other flavors are there, Ann? Huh? They're they're, uh, root beer, cotton candy, and uh, something else. I I can't remember the other one. I saw them at uh, CBS the other day. Yeah. You know what? Peeps is another one of those really interesting companies i was talking about gold bond and how they brought it back from oblivion by blanketing the airwaves with these nickel spots on radio and now look at it this was when tom and i got married we knew the person who brought that back peeps is another company that was on its way to obscurity and somebody got in there and decided to get with the times and look at it now they've got so many different flavors they come out with something for just about every mini holiday they probably have something for st patrick's day it probably will before long yeah i mean i don't know who eats peeps besides tom 
But apparently a lot of people are because they are really selling them. They really are. Oh, I, I, I like them. You do? Okay. There is yes. a character of these things that makes me wonder uh, what is causing it. And, and, it's, and here it is. It's... Um, you uh you get one that's it's yellow. Yellow is the classic. That is the yeah. classic, right. right? And then uh, I eat one of them, and then I seal it back up again. And the next morning I eat one other one, and there is a dramatic difference in flavor and in texture. And I've always wondered why that would be. And uh, sugar, don't you think? Well, yeah, but uh, there are a lot of things that are sugar that don't do that, and. And then if you uh, just take it out and just put it aside, it'll change again. And I don't quite get it, but it's amusing enough to keep me going and instead of worrying about it. And it doesn't you know, really matter because you're going to eat it regardless of how much it's yeah, changed sure, anyway. Why not? Yeah, right. Thank okay, you well, for I calling in. Like, I, I know how he up. likes them. <laughs> yes. Good to know. Thanks. Yep. Okay, this is the food here. show, and we have more of the food show nope, coming. No, we've come to the end of the food show. We've come to the end we of the food show? We've come to the end of the food show, believe it or not. It is 5 o'clock. I'll be darned. Yeah. How yeah. Could, that must have been one hell of a good show. <laughs> I mean, really, Thank so. you, folks. Have a great meal tonight. Have a good evening. We'll, right. we'll be back here tomorrow. So. WWL. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.